Gaming and BS episode 289 being recorded Monday, April, tw- April 13th, 13th, 2020. Welcome to Gaming and BS, a tabletop RPG podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Sean. And I'm Brett. Welcome to the show, folks. Welcome back. Glad everybody's here and on board. How the hell you been, Sean? I'm doing fantastic, Brett. How are you? Not bad. I feel kind of bad, and here's why. Today's my son's, uh, AJ's 14th birthday. Oh. It's today, and there's you can't have a birthday party, right? True. He normally, he normally has his closest friends over, and I run D&D for like six hours for him. And a couple of them don't really, they don't have the equipment at home to do Zoom or anything like that, so... He's like, oh, we'll just wait for this to end, and then I'll have a big party. I'm like, yep, yep, buddy, that's what we'll do. So, well, that sucks. I'm sorry. Yeah, I could see how that would. It. I think this is probably hardest on on the kids, right? Like, I mean, my kids don't. I mean, they have all the technology here, so they can do stuff and excuse me, whatever. But AJ misses his friends, right? Yeah, and I miss my friends. <laughs> Normally, but this time, Sean and I have like, hey, let's go get a beer after work sometime. Hey, you got a new job. We should go get lunch or something. And this is as close as we get. Kind of kind of sucks in that part. But little guy's 14. He's pretty happy. Yeah. That's pretty cool. How did... Oh, we're going to talk... We'll talk about your game later and the, the setting and whatnot. But so we're going to talk about Mothership. We're going to talk about that later on, main topic. But yeah. how did... um. You ran the official since we ran the uh, uh, the survey, and people said, "Hey, yes, you two jackasses run games for us." You ran the first game. As all, you are older than I am, so I, you're one of my age scouts. If you make it, I know it's safe for me to proceed. And uh, this is the same thing. Had you run your game first, so did it go okay? Am I am I safe to proceed? I think it went fairly well. Um, I mean, it was session zero, so mothership, which we'll get into, uh, character generation, which Mister Hobbs kind of, when I told him, he asked me. So that night, he, Hobbs from Hobbs and Friends asked me to join his game, and I said, "No, I'm running uh, uh, session zero, mothership." And he's like, "Well, you don't, you don't need to run a session zero for mothership," which. He is correct. Like the guys, all five of them. Um, I mean, they they created a character in like less than ten minutes. No, remember session zero was more than just making characters. That is fair, and that's why I did want to have one because I also wanted to make sure that the players were clear on uh, on like some of the rules and if they had any questions and things See, like that. Yeah, I'm going to run on the 25th. I've got an Avalon game that I'm running. And, <laughs> excuse me, I've, I could say, hey, it's 5e. Most people are like, oh, I know 5e or whatever. They can go read up, do a little research, whatever. But I will still start the first one. Like, hey, here, I'll give out the pre-gens ahead of time and do some Q&A. So, I mean, there'll be stuff going on. I'm going to treat mine similar to a con game. Yeah. But even so, it, it bears. I've never played Mothership. 
So we were going right. to, I'd probably have a lot of the same questions. Anybody you played with you didn't have. So I think when, sometimes when we think session zero is all about character gen, that is not the case. Not the case. All the other fun things we can talk about, we can throw out there. But before we get too far into that, let's just, how did it go though? Everybody have fun? Do you have a good time? We did. I thought we had a good time. It's, we, so I know like, some people will tell you that having fun is not yeah. the only part of the game. And, uh, yes, yes. I. What's the point of doing this if it's not fun? Well, we had some some pretty good laughs at certain junctures of the. Um, so we have it. Stre- we streamed it here on Twitch, and so it's recorded here. I'm going to okay. upload it to YouTube. But we had some some good chuckles along the way. I think um, you know made fun of Jeff Goad. Un, you know, not being able to unmute himself, even though he's a podcaster, <laughs> and the fact that he's run it. Uh, so he's surprised that I told him, like, "Hey, I'm we're running Dead Planet." And he's like, "Dead Planet? Oh, I've run that like twice." Oh, and I'm like, "What the hell is he doing here? Like, what are you doing here, Jeff?" Um, he wants so. he wants to see if you, how you do it. I actually, Jeff and I had talked ahead of that. He and I he have got a little uh, little side project we're we're noodling on together. Just it's piece at a time as we work our way through it and i told him i said well this way you can find out how not to do something <laughs> and he's like brett that's me like, yes yes it is <laughs> oh man it was fun it was fun we so they have all their characters generated uh the ship is up in the air like we didn't really get into the ship i'll probably create that for them and set the tone on the first session and say okay you're all on this ship and you've been tasked to to do, do this. X or whatever. Yeah. I can't say too much. Dan's in the chat room. So as we're yeah, speaking, you'd, you'd be wrecking stuff. Um, but yeah, and it's a lot of random stuff in, in, uh, All right, no, yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, we'll just, talk about just, it later. Okay. I just wanted to know that you had a good time. That's what matters. We had a good time also, but on another subject, I ran tomb of annihilation this past Saturday with Jeff and the gang. Virtually. Virtually. Of course. How'd it go? Not good. At first, oh, yeah. At first, I was on the verge of going on to roll twenty and and pulling my subscription. Like I was so pissed off. Wow, yeah. what part of roll twenty was not functioning for you? Oh, I was literally getting browser crashes, just puke. Like wow, yeah, I was so when, ticked were off. You running, uh, you were running the weekend. I was running. Yep, on the weekend. So I have. I run. With my home group, I run Avalon on Tuesdays, and Alpha's running a Thursday night, the Undermountain game. And so far, Alpha's game, we had a couple different browser issues that time. But otherwise, I don't know if it's a weekend thing where their servers don't get the shit kicked out of them or something. But uh, regardless. Oh, yeah, so I was super, super ticked off. I, I used a couple different browsers, was not using video, was not using voice, shut everybody down. Just, it was atrocious. And I thought, I'm going to re, I did it one time. I said, I'm going to shut everything down. I'm going to reboot. I'm going to launch one browser and I'm going to launch Zoom and no other tabs. And we'll see how this goes. And if it pukes out, I swear to God, I am going to kick Roll20 to the curb. And it worked from there on oh, for the rest they... of the day. But you know, Brett, uh, you know. They heard, some, your, they heard your threat. That's what it was. Dude, some, browse, some browsers have memory leaks. And if you don't restart your computer or kick that browser to the curb, you your memory just, it just expands and expands and expands. And then it just 
ends up puking and not being able to do anything for you. So, so this is a very good point. As people are gaming online more, and as you and I are gaming online more, I believe it's worth before you game online. If you've been running your PC all day, whatever it is, if you can clear that browser history for the last hour, you know whatever it is, um, save all your favorite links, whatever, blah 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 blah. But reboot your PC, reboot your computer before you start. Start as fresh as you can. Um, Alf and I were, had talked about it with um, what had happened on Thursday, and I said, you know, this is last Thursday. I said, I had my Mac up and running all day, and I was doing lots of different stuff in browsers and moving over here and doing whatever. I said, I'm willing to bet that that had something to do with it. Because after I did a complete reboot, no problems. Everything was fine. Yeah, I was not happy at all. And so once it got working, got in the groove, dynamic lighting was working. There's still a couple couple things that was not... It's kind of weird. If the fog of war and revealing some rooms didn't go as smoothly as I wanted to, it we we got through it. But do you I think, use dynamic lighting for individual character? I do because Alpha Alpha has Alpha's got it down. I don't know what he did, but I'm like, okay, we go up to the door. What's the next room? And he like turns on something that turns on dynamic lighting for me past that door, and my scout sneaks in, and I see shit. It's it's wicked cool. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so yes, that's 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 that, and Remember? so everything will be fine the next time we run. And then, of course, Mothership. Uh, I am going to run the next session on April twenty third, Thursday, and then it'll be every two weeks. Is that Theater of the Mind? Uh, it will be mostly uh, okay. for the most part. I don't anticipate throwing out maps on the on the screen or anything. I may have to get just a a quick whiteboard app where I could just pencil something out and go, okay, you're here, you're here, you're here. This is what it looks like. Uh, but nothing too crazy. I'm not going to do roll 20 or anything. So there's really no need for it necessarily. Um, but I'll do rerunning that April 23rd session one kicks off at 8 PM central time. We are going to stream it here on Twitch and then we're going to upload it to YouTube. So if you could tune in, that's great. If not, like- you can catch it later. Oh, let's see. I think we covered that's pretty much man, we smashed right into announcements as well. Yeah. Um Brett. Brett's running. Yeah, I've got mine on the twenty fifth, uh two PM Central Time. That'll be on Twitch, which is really, really cool. Thank you very much, Sean, because I can't do this I cannot host this without Sean. So Sean said, Hey, you want to stream it? I'm like, I'd love to. I have no idea what I'm doing. He's like, dude, of course I'm gonna do that for you, which I think is very generous of you, Sean, because it's your free Brett's time. Background, man. It is just phenomenal, oh. dude. My it's, wife my wife has a green screen. She's a photographer. I walk into she loves photography as a hobby. So I walk into her into the room when she's working on her Mac and I said, Hey, she happens to be working in Photoshop, as photographers are wont to do. I said, you know, I know you've got this little backdrop hanging thing. Can I borrow that and buy a green screen? She goes, I have a green screen. Like <laughs> like what kind of idiot am I that I don't know all the backdrops? It's fantastic, like, oh, man. Yeah. And the lighting, dude. I, I thought Brett's always kinda coming, you know, with no lighting and a no, you know, she's, no she, camera. She came in she came in my room, she's like, This is dumb, turn lights around, move things she's like there. This is how it works. So but we didn't we didn't get to finish what Brett was saying. So he's running at Streets of Avalon, because we didn't mention you were running that on the twenty fifth, Saturday. Yep. At mm-hmm. two o'clock Central Time, we're going to be streaming yep. it here on Twitch. Um, I'll be here, uh, kind of running things in the background, and uh, that'll be five E the system. Just in yep, case 5E. people are yes. unfamiliar with Streets of Avalon setting, five E rules. Correct. Yeah. Thanks, Sean. 
But again, dude, thank you preemptively again for streaming it for me, man, because I can't do that without you. Yeah, absolutely, man. So Jared Rasher wants to run a Streets of Avalon game. Yep. And uh, he's like, hey, so what do you think? I'm like, dude, run a game, man. You (laughs) you bought the book, run the game, run the world, do it, go, go, go. So we've got some info in our forums out there. He's talked about it. So he hit us up over Twitter, and I'm like, yes, absolutely. God damn lootly, you get out there and run run you some Avalon, son. So that's really cool. And I'm incredibly flattered that Jared wanted to do that at all, which is really cool. So yep. thank so, you, Jared. I really so appreciate it. As of this recording, he may have one commitment, but he's looking for, I think, around five players. And if you head over to our forums at forums.gamingnbs.com, um, by the time this drops, I'd hope he'd have his players all set. He does have a questionnaire that kind of mimics some of the questions that Brett and I put out there, like, what's your, have you ever gamed online? Um, you know, what's your email? So you can get contact info, um, things like that. So he is, go to the forums. We'll have a link in the show notes. And uh, if, if he's got a waiting list, but yeah, Jared's going to be running that. Jared's top notch too. I mean, he knows his stuff. He he did the one of the first reviews of my Avalon book, which I again think was very well done, very insightful, very deep, <laughs> as Jared is wont to do with such reviews. So he knows the setting. He knows five E like the back of his hand. So I think this is uh, it's pretty cool. I'm very flattered and very pleased that Jared w- wanted to do that. The Let's last see. one. Oh, oh yeah, you t- bring it up, man. Go ahead. No, I was going to say Con of Champions, uh, May 23rd to the 25th online. This helps to support tabletop events. I brought this up before, um, I think it was me, last last episode. Tabletop events, if you have gone to Evercon, when um, I'm still helping outside the perfume, just not one of the runners anymore, step down from that role. But that is the engine that takes your credit cards, prints your badges, does your tickets, organizes things, prints maps. From a back end, it helped our finances. I mean, it does a shit ton of stuff. It is an incredibly powerful uh, system for running cons. GaryCon uses a chunk of it. I know that um, Queen City Conquest was using it at least at one point, and a number of other small conventions who have actually contacted me um, because they got a hold of JT from Tabletop Events. He's like, hey, talk to Brett. Um, he uses our stuff. And I've pimped his stuff repeatedly. It, <laughs> people aren't uh, conventions. I mean, look, Origins is delayed. I don't know if you saw that one. I mean, Origins got delayed. So when things like that happen, when events get pushed off or canceled, things like tabletop events who are running a kind of champions, they need to do this type of thing in order to stay afloat. They've got overhead. They've got people they need to pay um, to keep things running. And quite frankly, it's the best goddamn con software out there unless unless you want to build your own, which I don't advise you to do. No. Don't do that. Don't do that. Unless you're in the business of writing software for conventions, don't fucking do that. Don't do Use that. Use tabletop events. Anyway, link in the show notes. Go there. Check that out. It is definitely worthy. Most definitely worthy. And even if you don't want to run online or do anything, if you want to throw these guys five bucks, that would be awesome because they're worth it. I don't know yet if I can actually run anything online. I got to take a look at my schedule. So if I can't do that, I'm going to. Definitely donate something to them because JT and the crew, they're good folks. Anything else, go. man? No, I think we covered a lot under announcements. So yeah, we'll we did. Let's get into uh, random. We don't even need a topic. That's it. Let's wrap up the show. This is uh... a <laughs> random encounter segment of the show where we field voicemails, comments from social media and the forums. It's 
a light week this week. I'll let you go. Laramie comments on episode 288, changes to playing RPGs online. So uh, that was our last episode. He says, a couple of thoughts from me on this episode. I've been running Fantasy Grounds for a while now out of convenience that my group can sneak in a game after we put our small children to bed. Three of the six players have kids under three. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It has its perks, but I know I, for one, would still far rather play face-to-face, but it's way better than nothing. I have started adding tools to my toolbox, including music and sound. You guys were talking about getting too tied up in it, which I believe, fortunately, I have the inverse issue. I forget it a lot, which is cool. It makes it a bit more punctuated when I remember it. As far as other tools, I get a lot of mileage out of OneNote when running my online game. Also, while I know voice is more popular than video, my preference, if I can meet face-to-face, is video. I feel like it's a lesser barrier than voice alone and keeps the game more personal. And speaking of barriers, my last point. I had a first-time gamer play a one-shot with me last week. Hey. Nice, man. Yeah. All right. I feel, uh, let's see. And, 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 and a good friend of mine, mutual nerd slash coworker slash drinking buddy, but hadn't ever gamed. I don't think I've ever seen a first time gamer take to it so quickly. Oh, that's he, awesome. He didn't have to figure out which dice, what, which dice did what, which then when, and then when to add what modifiers or anything. Oh, my God, I think I butchered the crap out of that. He didn't have to figure out which dice was which, when to add what modifiers, or anything. He just had to hit the right button on his character sheet. Anyway, stay safe. Cheers, Laramie. Very cool. Hey, Laramie, you're a nurse. Stay safe, brother. Yeah, I want to see you at, want to see you at right. the next convention. Yeah. You take, you take care of yourself, man. That's right. Are on the front lines. Yep. Oh, and uh, uh, speaking of if uh, Sean and I have... All right, so I'm going to digress for a second. We want to talk about gaming. We don't want to just talk about current events because it can be very depressing. But folks like Laramie, uh, Wear Gator's wife is a nurse, mm-hmm. and I follow her on Twitter. Um, she's an amazing person. I've met her. She's wonderful. She's a nurse. Uh, my, oldest, my oldest daughter, my stepdaughter, Michaela, is a nurse. She just moved out to Portland. She's working at the VA out there. Um, all of the people in that space... And I'm not just talking doctors, nurses, and medical professionals. All the people out there who are doing the essential worker thing. And I had to run to the store today for something stupid. So I'm like, I'm going to go. Buzz in, buzz out as fast as I can. And I look at the men and women who are there working. That's that's a tough gig. It's a uh, it's a depressing gig. And I can see that. I could feel it in the building when I was in it. And for all of you men and women out there who are listening to us, um, thank you. Thank you very much. It's it's goddamn awesome that you guys are doing what you're doing. So I know our thanks is not it's not money in the bank, <laughs> but uh, it's it's goddamn awesome that you guys are doing what you're doing. So thank you. Keep at it. Yes. Appreciate it. Yes. All right. So um, go back to Laramie's content here. One thing he says, you guys are talking about getting too tied up in it, i.e. the music and sound and whatever. He said... I make up for it because I have the inverse issue. I forget a lot. And honestly, I find I have the exact same problem. If I say, hey, I'm going to use music and I rig up a thing and then I get going I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, I forgot. I had a sound effect for that and I forgot the dragon breath and I forgot the noise 
and there was a Dracula attack. Ah, shit. <sighs> I spent two hours setting up a thing, and I forgot. That's okay. <laughs> Quite frankly, that's part of it. And sometimes um, we will be tougher on ourselves when we forget that stuff than the players will. But, or even a player saying, oh, I had a really cool, I worked on my, you know, German accent I was going to use for this character. And I was really getting into something and I completely forgot to do X that I was really going to do with this character. I feel like a fool. You're only, you really didn't let anybody else down. So don't, don't take it so hard yourself. So I would say that to Laramie. I'm like, hey, man, it happens. I forget shit, too. It's like forgetting the drowning rules in the middle of a swimming game. <laughs> You're like, ah. Crap, somebody look that up. It's, it happens, you know. You're going to try a new trick of the trade, and you're going to fall because you're going to forget about it. Totally fine. Yep. Totally fine. I would say, though, my advice is that if you continue to forget the thing, it might not really be a thing you're interested in. Yeah, you got to wonder how, like, how slash, quote, unquote, um, important, yeah, yeah, vital it is if you're forgetting yeah, it. You know, if you're halfway into the campaign, like, fuck, I was going to use this wonderful soundtrack every time they encounter the vampires, and I completely keep forgetting to run the goddamn soundtrack. Uh, just dish the soundtrack. Try it another time, kids. <laughs> it's totally fine. Yeah. Totally fine. We good, man? Yeah, let's get into the main topic. Yes, let's. All right. All right, Sean. You started running Mothership. You've talked about Mothership briefly before. I know crap about it other than there's a ship and a mom. So I need to know more about this game. Uh-huh. Um, I have uh-huh. joked. Uh-huh. So every Fred time is I, witty today. <laughs> witty. He's in good spirits, I gotta, everybody. I got a backdrop and everything. I'm <laughs> fucking I'm on point. Anyway, I don't even know if kids say that today. Point, my point is why I hear Mothership, I think, ah, yes. Clearly a spaceship game. I've heard it can be a lot like the Aliens movie franchise, that there's horror online or horror in, the, horror in space and so forth. I don't know enough about it, so I want to know about the system. System? 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 system. That's the word. I want to know about the system, the setting, combat skill checks, encounters. What's the vibe of this game, right? So Mothership is not, it's not Dungeons and Dragons. It's not Shadowrun. I would say this falls in the small press, indie press, OSRE type of place. What do you, uh, so I'm going to shut up, Sean. Tell me more. It's by Tuesday Night Games. Tuesday Night Games, okay. That's the publisher. I have mentioned Don Stroud by name because I know Don. We know of Don. We've I, we've never met, but we know of Don because he's. We've met Don. Hasn't Don been to GaryCon? We've bumped into Don. I don't think he's been to GaryCon. He's uh, well, no, I don't know. Him and Adam used to run Drink Spin Run. Yeah, podcast. I swear yeah. I've been. Maybe I was talking about Don drunkenly, or I was drunkenly talking with Don at a convention. Yeah. No, I, I don't, don't know. Think, no, if I haven't met you, Don, I apologize. Yeah, anyway, Sean, Mc, Sean McCoy is on the crew. Okay, okay, and okay. So yeah, but uh, it is a. Sci-fi. I mean, it is literally on the front. Mothership. Sci-fi horror RPG. So, what made you when you what made you pick that up? Well, like it's, it has won an Any Award. Well, uh, I know that. Twenty eighteen ish, I think. A gold. When you and I talk yeah. about games, you don't go, "Hey, Brad, I got to buy the latest Any Award winner because that's uh, obviously the game for me." That's true, but I I do think that despite some people's opinions about the any awards and and their feelings about it i do think it brings light to certain games that some of us aren't always aware of 
that's that's a good point. If nothing else, from an advertising perspective, when somebody says, "Hey, you know, best actor, best front person in the film," I'm like, huh? What? I didn't even know that was a film. Who is this person? Oh my god, that's that person. Yeah, it's fair uh, enough. Fair enough. It's pay what you want. Okay. Uh, I think it's pay what you want. It might be free actually. Um, for the core rules, I got the PDF. I did order a print copy, although I don't think I need to. It is very thin and uh, rules light. It is. So when you when you say thin, you talking hundred pages, fifty pages? Do you? Oh, I can tell you in a second. Yeah, yeah get that uh, there. I've got it in front the, of me. And the reason I ask this, folks, is because sometimes we'll say, "Oh, it's not that bad. It's pretty quick." The Osric book. The Osric book is hefty. DCC hefty. Right, small. I mean, Goodman Games is initially small print, but Astonishing Swordsman, Swordsman, That's a small print. Northwind. That makes that you could kill a man with that book. Yeah. So how big is a sucker? Thirty-six pages numbered, and then at the end of the book is the um, ship um, creation flowchart and guideline, and then it also has. Um, the, uh, character sheet and the player's cheat sheet, which are not, oh, they're so not, they're not part of the numbered pages. So, so just some good appendices, appendices in the back, useful stuff. Correct. So the setting, it says space horror. Does it have an official setting or is it like, Hey, generic, generic space, generic horror? Yeah. Does it, it it's not. It is that does not have a setting. Um, so it is, um, there are pre published adventures that you can run, but it is very much in the spirit of the OSR. Okay. Well, I mean, so if you take the BX system, you know, yes, the, the Moldavay stuff or whatever, or even people say ADD was all set in Greyhawk. Eh, no, yes, and kind of. I mean, there was, um, Blackmore, I think, was actually the first public, uh, published um, quasi-setting-ish thing for, for Dungeons and Dragons. But eh, blue. Anyway, back to where I'm coming from. So no official setting, but it ha- does it, from a setting perspective, how does it tell you what to do with that? Uh, so that's a good question. It doesn't really set up a lot of the setting up front in saying, hey, we're setting agnostic and... You know, blah blah blah. There isn't really a lot of that. It's it's very much. Um, you could tell the influences of the game come specifically from like the Alien franchise, the movie franchise, because even the characters that and the classes that are involved. I mean, you have an android, you have um, Marines, uh, you have a Teamster. They do actually reference Ripley in one of the things like, hey, if you want to do this and you want to mimic your character to be like Ripley, then you're going to want to play a teamster. Do they go into the uh, like Event Horizon version of horror in space? Um, they, they don't call it out specifically, but you could certainly play it. I mean, the thing about this game is that if you want to run a science fiction game with a horror bend, this, this will fit that mold. Now, if you're looking for specific classes like, oh, I want classes that are similar to The Expanse, right? The the Amazon, I think it's on Amazon now, it used to be the sci-fi oh, channel. Oh, so the, they're not 
because it hasn't picked a specific setting, the classes are going to be more agnostic, generalized, like Teamster, Pilot, Correct. That type of thing. Yeah, I mean, there are only four classes, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, you have Teamsters, Scientists, Androids, and Marines. Now, you can be a captain of a ship, but that's more of a component of probably, I would say, Teamster or Marine. Marines or pilots. Yeah. yeah. And that's where you're going to get one of the skills that will allow you to do that. So if you've got the pilot skill, then you can qualify as a captain of the ship. I know you're not a big Warhammer 40K person, but do you know enough of Warhammer 40K to say, oh, I could do a Gene Steelers, I could do a Chaos versus, Do you? does that strike you as you could do a Warhammer 40K type adventure with it? Mm, I I mean, I'm sure there's if you don't, some... If you don't know, you don't know. No, That's I'm fine. sure there's people out there that could say, hey, I'm going to use Mothership to run a in a 40K setting. But I don't think that the because the forty k setting is so rich that I don't think it would be. Oh, to genericize it would be tough. Yeah, it's, it's especially if you only got those four classes. You'd immediately say, "Well, <sighs> I need a psychic. I need a you know." Even if you took space marines, you're going to want other powers and things with it. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, and it's it's really is about horror. Like there is, I mean, it's not. Hey, we're going to play Firefly. And this, we're going to use Mothership. That's not, that is not the intention of the game. It is literally like, imagine every, like the thing would be a great influence, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep, take the thing, put it in space. Or take the thing, put it on a planet, and the group goes down to the planet. Perfect example. Aliens, perfect example. Which is essentially the thing in space. Exactly. In a weird weird way. (laughs) Yeah. Any weird movie that has a horror bend that's science fiction that you're like and it may mimic even space travel or sublight or maybe there is a little bit of an FTL piece to it but it's not Star Trek it's not it is definitely not Star Wars um Star Wars uh it is genuinely maybe like even what I would consider maybe some good B movies that hey it's starting out like it's a exploratory mission and shit goes wrong on the ship and then it crashes on a planet and then things are revealed and then you see the trailer flashing back and forth between stunned faces of the actors and actresses and shit is obviously hitting the fan and things go awry. There's a stress mechanic that's involved that you inflict upon the player characters, which completely ties into panic you're doing perfect here. So hold on, hold on yeah. a second. So we we established the fact that it is setting agnostic. It's designed to do a horror in space perspective. Great. So in my experience, when you're doing something, hey, this is agnostic setting-wise, but to get the feel, and this is the thing I think that Savage Worlds does really well, is it says, hey, setting agnostic for the Savage World system, but the mechanics of that game, in Brett's opinion anyway, really enforce the type of play they want. You know, they got the Benny economy, they got this flowing, they got that. They try to do the fast, the furious. I think it works really well. Um, I have not, Laramie and I were talking about, um, I think Laramie is the one and I talking about uh, Hackmaster at one point at, at Gamehole Con. And it sounds like it really, the system really helps the drive, blah, 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 blah. And we've said this before. 
I can I can do the classic old school Brett. I can do any game with any system. Watch me go, kids. But a good system doesn't form the type of play. And for something like this, it sounds like they've got mechanical tools and system stuff to help you create, to take whatever setting vision you want and make it happen. So you talked about stress and um, what was the other one you Panic. just mentioned? Panic. Panic. So what... When you're setting up, uh, when you're setting up the world, where I guess what talk tell, talk to me about the system. Let's go to the root basic here before we go into uh, some of the other pieces. Is it percentiles? Is it a dice pool? Two d six plus a, a coin you flip. What what are they doing? All d tens, baby. D tens like a dice pool? Uh no, no, just d tens. You need two d tens. That's it. So Percent, you're either percentiles. Yeah, you are running. Per, you can run. Uh, um, eh, you can roll percentiles. So there's going to be a percentile check. Most skill checks run on percentile. You're trying to roll under your skill or attribute. And then you have um, XD10. So there are, hey, instances where you might roll 3D10, 4D10. But typically it's 2D10 or, um, I'm sorry, percentile rolling under the skill. And then there's also a interesting kind of uh, moniker to the dice rolling which is XD10 with an underline, which is a little unique. So the, if you see, you know, 2D10, but it's underlined, then what you're doing is you're multiplying the result by 10. So if the numeral 2, the letter lowercase d, and the numeral 10, that whole thing is underlined, is 2D10 times 10. Correct. So you could get 200. Or whatever it is. It's 1D10 times 10, 2D10 times 10. So it's 20 to 200 in that point. Correct. Okay. So that's... Interesting. Yeah, that's pretty much about it. There's really nothing... Weapons do different damage? Is that where we get the XD10? Like, hey, you shoot somebody, this weapon does 1D10 minus 2, 2D10 underscore, that type of thing? Let me check the weapons, but I believe that that is typically the case. And the table... My assumption is the weapons are also a little on the genericized spacey weapons. They are. And they've... I mean, you've got your, you know... This type of rifle, this type of weapon. Um, I'll tell you, man. There's there's a thing that games like this do when it comes. You have know, talked chatted about this. I think we were talking about this before with uh, weapons. And if most weapons do a D8, why do you? <laughs> what is what does it matter what it's called? It's like this is the D8 weapon. Good. It's an axe. It's a sword. It's a stick. There's something I, I like about the fact that you could say slug thrower, 2d10 plus 2, right. if that's the thing. And go, oh, what does my slug thrower look like? I, I don't care. You've got the, the Colt Python Supermax. Good for you. Move on. So you there's get super noodly. Smart Rifle does damage 1d10 underscore. Okay. 1d10? Right. Yep. Oh, so it's 10 under, to 100. Yep. And then Pulse Rifle is 5d10, no underscore. How many hit points does your average dude have? I'm assuming do that. How, I guess. How do you kill a dude in this? A, a player, a character, not a player. Sorry. Yeah, player. it's don't, pretty don't, don't lethal. Kill characters. It's yeah, it's pretty lethal. It's all against their health. So their health is derived from, I believe, their strength. So basically, they have hit points, the health points. Correct. Yep. And it is a very lethal game. I understand. Is Jeff yeah. has, like I said earlier, Jeff Goad from Appendix N podcast has run this a couple times and. I think at one point he had a TPK in Dead Planet, the the, the adventure that I'm actually running. So um, that's 
it actually says, I think, in the game that you typically want to run away. You don't want to typically fight if you don't have to. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that's important to me because that invokes the, if I want to do something like, it's been a while since I've seen Event Horizon, but that can have a very Cthuloid type twist to it. Or one of my favorite weird-ass um, sci-fi horror games is um, John Wick did the uh, shit. I'll have to look it up now. But he did a Yellow Sign trilogy. And there was the World War II one, which I ran you through, Sean, um, at the game hole a while back. Um, a couple years back, the first time Joe came into town, ran that. And then there is one Rihanna spaceship. And things go crazy. So this sounds like it could fit that type of bill as well. This That type of Cthuloid is horror. You're not going to stand and fight the monster. It's better to run away type of thing. Right. As a matter of fact, there is a mechanic where the if the Marines panic. So there, some of the classes kind of have some synergies, right? So if a Marine's in the room um, and there's another Marine in the room, they can kind of uh, feed off of each other. Where if one of them panics, then it's kind of a demoralizing component. Game so, over, man. Game over. Total game over. People start to freak out. There isn't the steadfast, hold your ground type of mentality. And uh, shit starts to fall apart pretty quick. That's also where we get our five, your five words for retreat, which are Marines, we are leaving. Right. That's one of my favorite parts of this movie. Love that. Anyway, carry going on. back to one of going back to the D tens though is also what you'll find is because it's in the spirit of the the OSR. And for those that aren't familiar with OSR, it's old school Renaissance, which is kind of you know playing the older games is really what it is. And it is there is kind of a I don't want to say mantra, but there is kind of a different mentality with playing those older games, which is like. Rulings over rules. Um, there's a lot of random tables. Uh, oftentimes, um, big list of skill. Big list of skills. Not so much. Not so usually. much, right? Yeah. Okay. So, some would say player player skill over character skills, but that could be debated. That could be argued, right? But going back to the D10s and how it is OSR is there's a ton of tables. Like there's a ton of tables in the mothership basic uh, the rules. And then when you get those supplements, there's random tables um, throughout Dead Planet. And I, I don't have a Pound of Flesh, which is another adventure that they published. I'm sure there's different tables throughout that. I mean, and it's literally, I mean, it's usually roll this and it's either a percentile uh, table or it's a D10, like one to 10. So even to name your ship, there's literally three columns, one D10. And you can roll on one one column, second column, third column, and you combine all the results and you get your name of your ship. Oh, looks it says Nostromo. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's that. It's, you know, what do you come across? It's like character creation. You get a trinket and a patch. You roll on that table and you get a, a unique patch. Um, one of the guys rolled up uh, Afraid of BS is one of... Afraid of BS. Afraid of BS or, or what was it? I don't know if Dan's and Dan's might might know... Um, but yeah, so it's red. I think one of the guys rolled a patch and it was like red shirt was ah. on the patch. So there's some homages to the science fiction genre and pop culture. And so, so but, let me ask you this then when we, when we do that stuff, something that has the, from a horror perspective, one thing that horror can have, we'll get, I want to talk more about the system here in a second, but horror can have some wonderful dark humor, right? Sure. Like, oh my God, that's funny. 
in the worst way possible. Like, ha ha ha, they're covered in their own blood. Like sometimes in horror games, like that's funny. Why this is sickly funny, I don't know. Or oh my god, his head actually did implode. Um, sometimes we cheer when the asshole in the teenage movie gets stabbed by Freddy. You know that that type of thing. Do you feel that when you read that stuff, like the homage to the red shirt or some of those quasi ha-ha, tongue-in-cheek, you're going to die, do you think that trivializes the horror aspect of it, or do you think it just adds a nice punctuation for that dark for that dark humor to come? So I think as players, we all approach role-play. I shouldn't say we all. Many times we look at a game and have... We're we're getting we're all buddies, friends, and I think when we sit down at a table, we all share different types of humor. And I think with role playing games, that's not wholly uncommon. Like I think there's always a joke that's made at a table. I think there's levity, and I it think used, I mean back in the old days, it was whoever quoted Monty Python, you get them to shut the fuck up, right? Because it was a Monty Python fest, right? For those of us who are old, <laughs> in their forties, maybe 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 the kids today do the same thing, but uh, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. We we often look we look for fun, and funny is fun. Correct. So I think that while you can be super serious, like this is a really serious game. Let's like okay, like okay, I'm I'm serious now. Okay, let's get down to business. There is that, and I think that that will come out in any game that you set the tone for. So if Brett's going to run Call of Cthulhu or Delta Green or, you know, chill or chill. Well, in my Dude, in my Avalon game, I'm running for my home crew. I've, I've known these guys for almost 30 years now. I've been running games for them. It has a dark component of it. Some unde- one dude, like Lenny's buddy wakes up. He wakes up alive. He's got puncture wounds on his neck and maybe there's a vampire. Oh, that's crazy. His buddy he thought was dead, comes crashing in the inn. All sorts of craziness. It's happening. People are like, oh, that's disgusting. And the way Alpha says it is just funny. And the way this thing happens, you're like, oh, my God. I could see you saying that. And it's funny because it it's not funny type of thing. Right. So having said that, I don't think by rolling a patch that says red shirt takes away from the game, the game's overall, hey, this is a horror game. That's good. And I think it also depends on, you know, who the game master is, in which case, in this game, it's called the Warden. Okay. Okay. Oh. Yeah, Warden. And then how you set the tone or how the players are. I picture in our game that there will be like a more of a, oh, shit, this is going to suck. Oh, my God. Of course it's this, right? And so it probably, because of the, the gang that I'm running this for, um, it's not going to be serious business all the time. Well, there are certain times when you're watching the horror movie or the story, you're like, yep, oh, yeah, yep, yep, oh, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, Chester's going to put his head in the thing. Yep, look, Chester lost his head. <laughs> Fucking saw it coming. He's the guy that sticks his head in stuff. That's just what he does. Look yeah. at Chester. He's a moron. Of course, course it latches he, onto my head and sucks my brain out of yeah. my skull. Yeah, I assume it rips my heart out and I die. Well, yes. Yeah, it's, I mean, why wouldn't it? That's just what it is. It's called a heart ripper. Yeah. But, I, but also, you know, as the party walks down a corridor and it's a quiet ship, and if I'm going to run sound effects, 
you know, and you hear the hum and you don't hear anything. And all of a sudden everything becomes deathly quiet. You can't even hear the sound of your breath or the respirator. The lights are dim and there's a flicker at the end of the hallway. Somebody's going to either make a comment or they're going <laughs> to break that or they're going to go with like, it. This is really tense. I bet, the, I bet this is where the monster comes up and chews my ass off. Yes, yes, Sean, the monster's going to chew you. No, he's not going to literally chew my ass off. Right? No, seriously, he's going to bite you in the ass. That's going to nah, nah, nah. he's gonna be gnawing in your ass. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. So let's talk more about the the system. So if I want to, what kind of stats do I have? Is this um, a strength, intelligence, wisdom, dexterity, constitution, charisma thing? Or is it, what do you got? Four stats. What are they? Four stats. Strength? Do you know what that does, Brett? The st- I was... I'm assuming it indicates how strong I am physically, so how much I can lift or punch yeah. things. Very good, Brett. Lifting, pushing, hitting things hard. That's what I get for uh, gaming since in third grade. I yeah. picked up the skill. <laughs> That's a vocabulary. Uh, speed. How fast you can move. Dexterity type of thing. It is, and it is really reacting under pressure. And speed specifically plays a role with initiative. Ah, okay. That's yep. a good point. Yeah. So having said that, when you roll speed... Okay, or you roll in combat, you roll against your speed. If you succeed on your speed check, then you ge- you go before the baddie. If you crap and don't r- succeed in your speed check, you go after the baddie. So if there's five of us playing and three of us pass and two fail, how do this? Is it kind of a side by each type of thing where the three of us that pass we decide? It's Brett, Jeff, and Sean. We passed. Poor Eileen and Phil, they're, they're last. So Brett, Jeff, and Sean get to figure out which one of the three of us goes first, or does it? Is there? How does initiative function? That's a good question. I actually don't know. I think it is Sean a. I think it is she a, has no idea. What I don't about. know that one. I think <laughs> it is okay. pretty much you. Who gets? Who wants to go before the other? As, as far as I know, I don't know if anybody else. Which can is help. a. Which is a. Makes sense to me because it feels like a very OSR type of thing where you roll the D6 one side. It's side by side, side based initiative. So, okay, we've got that. How do I fight? Oh, sorry. Keep going. Sorry. Sorry. We need to get through the stats. Strength, speed, and? Intellect. Intellect. All right. And, and combat. 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 Okay. So yeah. combat sounds pretty. Is that for hand to handy? Is that for shooting stuff? It's how good you are at fighting. All types of fighting? Yeah. Very nice. Simplified, so I don't have to be a master of knives and guns. I can just be a combat dude. Well, and there's skills, right? So there's a firearm skill. Oh, there is. So I was going to ask you that. So how extensive is the skill list? Yeah. Well, the skill list can get, I mean, and it's kind of, so Brett, you've played FFG Star Wars. Mm -hmm. You remember the talent trees? Yes. Right? Plus 5 XP, plus 10 XP, and you kind of went down the trees, and in order to get to this one, you have to have either have one of these two prerequisites. Yeah, it reminded me of feet trees from Pathfinder D&D 3035. Like, oh, I want to have Ultra Mega Mighty Cleave. I better start with Power Attack yep. and work my way there. Exactly. So it is very similar. So there's three levels of skills. There's trained, there's expert, and there's master. And so you have to be trained in order to get to the expert, and you got to be expert in order to get to master. And then at each one of those, you get a plus onto that onto that skill. So in other words, so say for example, I think uh Jeff was military training. So he picked military training, okay, which is under trained. So he gets a plus ten percent. 
So give me a list of skills. Now, are we talking about like broadsword, short sword, dagger, club? Like it's firearms, knives, punch them in the face. How 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 do the skills break in down here? So trained skills, the list of is linguistics, biology, first aid, hydroponics, geology, zero-G, scavenging, heavy machinery, computers, mechanical repair, driving, piloting, mathematics, art, archaeology, theology, mute, uh, military training, rim-wise, athletics, chemistry. Okay. Not a combat skill, really. Not really, no. I, I, didn't, I didn't hear guns. Correct. Or grenades. Well, so that gets into the next kind of level. Keep going. Expert bumps things up to plus fifteen percent. Okay, and then they re- some of some of these. Well, actually, all of these will require some prerequisite to trained. Okay, psychology, genetics, pathology, botany, planetology, asteroid mining, jury rigging, engineering, hacking, vehicle specialization, astrogation, physics, mysticism, tactics, gunnery, firearms, close quarters combat, explosives. Okay, so you go from purely academic or, you know, a lot of very basic stuff to now we're talking space marines, you know, mar- you know CQC, your close quarter combat stuff, firearms, so on. Okay, so this is, an, this is an interesting concept of the game. So if you fire an automatic weapon mm-hmm. and you're not trained in it, you actually have to take a reload action. What if, is a reload action? So if you so there's two you kind of get two actions, okay, during combat or okay. what have you. And if you shoot an automatic weapon, which you know this is as it's defined as you pull the trigger and it shoots as many bullets as it can until you stop pulling the trigger. until you stop pulling the trigger. Because you are untrained, you do not know when to undo the trigger. No, that totally makes sense, man. I, that Therefore, you have to take a reload if you're not trained. If you have watched people the first time they use, uh, go to something totally mundane but yet incredibly dangerous, a chainsaw. The first time somebody does it, or you'll watch kids driving cars, and they panic, and they put their foot down. Or they don't stop. And the driving instructor goes, hit the fucking brake. And the kid's like, I don't know what to do. Turn the wheel. Hit the brake. You, you're driving. You're moving. I remember the first time I used a chainsaw. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're like, whoa, wait a minute. Let go. It's the dumbest, simplest thing. But hey, st- take your finger off the trigger, kid. And guess what? The bullet stops spraying. Yeah. And it's loud. It's kicky. And uh, it does a lot of jumpy, jumpy. doesn't want to aim where you're aiming anymore. Yeah. Okay, cool. I like that. Yeah. It's a pretty yeah. cool mechanic, right? It's, it's a very simple mechanic, especially in which stays true to the OSR type of model saying, look, here's the deal. You're untrained? Yeah, fuck you. You gotta, you gotta take a reload, kid. Because you can't you can't right. just do this forever. And yeah. that's why firearms is at an expert level. Like anybody, you know, not anybody can just pick up a, a gun and necessarily understand all, like how to use it properly, which would probably be the mentality at why it's at an expert level, so that you can you can aim it, you can fire it appropriately. And I think for the genre, it makes sense as well, because when you're talking about this stuff, you look at the alien system or any of the games or games, excuse me, some of the setting material that I would think of that space horror. The scientist kind of gets it. Right. He can pick up the he can pick up the, you know, depending where he is, he picks up the the Colt 1911 
and starts pulling the trigger. And it may or may not work because he doesn't realize he first has to pull the goddamn hammer back. Oh, he didn't pull the slide. Oh, he didn't properly see the magazine. There's, a, oh, he's not gripping it properly. The grip, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. There's a lot of different things that could cause it not to work properly. Therefore, you need to at least be experienced. I get it. And it fits the genre quite well. I like that. So then it goes into master, which is at a plus 20%, right, at that skill level. And it's uh, uh, self-ontology, xenobiology, surgery, cybernetics, robotics, AI, command, hyperspace, uh, xeno esotericism and weapon specialization. So the the list on the expert level, or I'm sorry, master, is significantly shorter. Also, I should state that there are blanks there. So as a warden, you can, you know, if a player says, hey, Sean, I really want to do, th- I want to have this specialization. And if you want to craft a game, a setting of any kind, you've got room to grow. Cool. Like it. So if I want to make a skill check, I want to check my xenobiology. It's just percentiles? Just percentiles roll under. It works. Well, so here's kind of how the mechanics overall work, right, in a, in a gist, is you're usually rolling against the skill like that, and you roll a percentile. You have to roll under, and if you roll under, you succeed. If you roll under and you roll doubles, it's a critical success. If you roll doubles and you fail, it's it's a critical failure. There are opposed roles. Are critical success and failures narrative based or are there definitive rules like this is what that means? Uh, Typically narrative based. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, like, oh, a critical hit, I do double damage or a critical failure, I lose a turn. It's not that cut and dried. It gives you more room to wiggle. Correct. It's it's a catastrophe. Got it. Yeah. Now, when you do opposed checks, the uniqueness is, okay, Brett, you and I are going to fight. Yep. Okay. You roll your combat check. I'm going to roll my combat check. Got okay. it. You have a, say, a combat of 40. I have a combat of 40. Okay. You roll a 35, I roll a 25. Who do you think succeeds? We both do. So we both succeed, sure. But there is a person that wins You should beat me because you came in even lower. And that is not the case in Mothership. In Mothership, an opposed roll is whoever rolls the highest without going over. Oh, wow. That's yeah. tricky. So yeah. if I'm fighting the Xenomorph and the Xenomorph has a, the same principle then, I'm assuming. I fight the monster. The monster has... Oh. Yes. So it's this... Oh, you know what's interesting about that is you're pushing the edge of failure. Yeah. To win. Sure. No, seriously. Yeah. Rip Ripley in the Aliens movie, spoilers if you haven't seen one of these, for God's sakes, where have you been? Um, trying to do a thing kick the alien out she's like right on the very verge of i may or may not make this it's the skin of your teeth win right, right. you roll the percentiles you have a 30 percent chance you roll a 29 <laughs> son of a bitch that's like right on the edge of failure man that's dramatic winning okay i get that i like that that's a emulation 
type of thing, I think is very clever. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, so there is some pretty subtle nuances with the game that are really rather interesting, I think. And you need to pay attention to those pieces because just from you listen, just from me listening to you explain it, I'm like, oh, that's an emulation nuance. Oh, that's a piece too. And taken together, it's going to make a more intense experience, I think. Prediction. Brett runs Brett runs this within six months. Yeah, I'm gonna I'll have to. I gotta it has, a shot. Has advantage and disadvantage as well. Nice. Yep. Getting Does assistance it, from a player character, taking certain drugs that may enhance them or what or maybe not enhance them. So it sounds simple enough with the skill checks and so on. It doesn't have like special social encounter rules or mini games of grappling or anything like that. It's all just a flat set. I like that. There's an actual... So the nice thing about the game, too, is what I mentioned in Session Zero... You hear me typing as I look up Mothership on yeah, that's right now. As the guys uh, created their characters within like five, ten minutes, there is an actual flow chart to character generation. Like, it is. Roll these stats. Pick a class, and then when you pick, and the class has columns. So when you pick the class, it goes, oh, these are your columns. And based on that column, you get bonus on certain things. So if you pick Marines, you get a different bonus than if you pick Scientist. Fair. You just fill in the blank. You, oh, you add this and this. Put this in this space. That, then your ability's done. So it is very, it's very simple character generation, very quick. Um, but also, um, shoot, I forgot where I was going with, um, combat, the player cheat sheet is super awesome. Basic mechanics, stat checks, it has saves, right? So there's sanity, fear, body, or armor saves. Okay. Cause those are also can be opposed, right? Give me a body save. Give me an armor save. There's critical hits and failures I mentioned, advantage and disadvantage, there's skills, and then there's opposed checks. Like, that's the basic mechanics of the whole entire game. It was pretty cool, though, is there's enough opposed mechanics and different components that from a horror perspective, you get to run the, I need to beat the bad guy to the big red button. I need to power this door open. I need to, you know what I'm saying, all those stressors that you get out of a horror environment. I need to be able to pull this thing off. There's a one in a million chance, but I just might make it. You've got to have the ability to make the opposed check of some, you know, win, lose, or draw, right? That type of thing. I like it. Well, anytime you fail, typically anytime you fail a check, uh, kind of give or take, you you're supposed to take stress. So how do you die in this game? So well, that we somebody about, blows you away and all your health goes away. Okay, so there's <laughs> there's there's no so you're you're shot. Well, your health points are gone. Your hit points, your health is eliminated. Can you be stressed to death? Uh, no. Typically, stress. Well, you can be knocked unconscious, but it typically stress really plays a role into panic. So, okay. So, if stress can if stress can lead to incapacitated via unconscious, that's a gateway drug to death, <laughs> right? In a horror game, right. Ah, clunk, monster, eat your head. Hey, guess what? You're dead. Well, and there's, so when you when you hit zero health, typically you make a body save. So just because you hit zero health doesn't mean, oh, you know, I'm zero, I'm done, I'm dead. Ah, again, another horror, wonderful thing. Oh, I've got one, just enough energy, hit the button. 
you know, there you go. When I heard horror, I immediately, of course, I think Call of Cthulhu and gaming. I'm like, huh, how are they doing sanity, insanity, madness, and so on? You're saying panic is the phrase. Yeah. How does panic work? Uh, so that's a good one. That is typically you. That's uh, panic, panic. You run away, basically. So you would roll for panic. It's a save. It's typically when you encounter a horrific creature, you lose more than half max your hit points. So that's another thing, too. So it used to be like in 3-0 if you took mass damage, the mass damage rule, right, which was more than half your total hit points, you could, you have to make a save or you die, right? It's something similar to that where you lose more than half your max health in one hit, then you would make a panic check. Um, if you critically fail a save, uh, see a crew member day, die, some of those things. And when you panic, um, I can't remember. I think obviously you are running away. Now, just just for full disclosure, Sean is not. This is the first time you've run this yeah, game. I haven't so, run it yet. So I'm grilling you. I like you're the rules master on this. So I appreciate the fact that you know this much this quick. But it's, yeah. you know, less than 50 pages. So, yeah, it's not it's not overly. Un- I mean, I. You make a panic check. Rolling a critical success can mean a variety of things. Critical, uh, blah blah blah. So if you save, it's like a crisis check. I think. Can you die from panic? Like go go you go insane and die in Cthulhu? Do you panic and die? I guess is the idea. So there is a panic table. Ah, okay. Right. Got yeah, it. Can't be no star game without a table for panic, man. Yeah. So a panic check determines whether you are able to keep your cool under pressure right so you make a stress check 2d10 if you roll over your current stress you don't panic and you relieve one stress but you roll for panic um on the panic effect table to the right and then you add your current stress and the panic effects are this laser focus so you so you could be like i have to get out i have to kill the monster major adrenaline rush so I'm going from lower to higher rolls. Fair, fair. Anxious. And each one has a mechanic effect to this. Okay? So when you say what happens when you panic, you roll on this table, and then whatever that is results in even more stuff. So crippling yeah, role, fear. Role play that, kids. There you go. Crippling fear. So gain a new permanent phobia. Whenever you encounter this phobia, make a fear save at disadvantage or gain 1d10 stress. Right, overwhelmed, gain one d ten stress. Rattled, let out a blood curdling scream. Disadvantage on rolls. If your stress failure causes you to gain stress, this is what's called a stress death spiral. People, because uh, <laughs> if you're gaining stress and failing and making it harder and harder and harder. So you roll a thirty plus, Brett, on your check. Guess what you suffer? Catatonia, heart attack, die, instant death. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, this game is for me. I love this game, dude. Already. You would love this game. I'm telling you, you'd be like, oh, I looked up on this thing. I looked up on drive through. It is um, pay what you want. Suggested price of seven bucks. So for crying out loud, throw seven bucks at Tuesday night games and grab a copy. Is what it sounds like to me. Yeah. So okay, very cool. But yeah, it's a um, the the player's cheat sheet, which is on the back cover. It'll literally outline combat. Okay, do this flowchart over here. Yes, no. Go to the next one. 
fail, succeed, go this way. And so it's very simple, straightforward. Um, there's a lot of tables to roll under. I mean, if you're in a pinch, you could just roll on a certain table in some of these adventures and it'll tell you what's going on. Um, but it is, it's a slick, you know, it's funny. It's, you know, some games are, are made overly simple and that's kind of the, the uniqueness of it. Like the one page RPG contest, right? What can you write on a one page RPG where you're not putting a bunch of mechanics into it? Right. And I literally like, the nice, the beauty thing is not only is the presentation of Mothership so eloquent, but like literally flow charts, the combat and how it, it it's laid out. So it's it's not complex, but it's not it doesn't insult the intelligence of the player. Yeah, I mean, this is a toolkit, right? It says, hey, this is what you need to have around this type of game. We're not going to give you. A complicated setting. We're not going to give you pages of backstory. We're going to assume that you have an idea that you'd like to run, and this is the thing. If you're not quite, if you read this, you're like, I want to do it, but I don't know how. You go find Dead Planet, Pound of Flesh, Hive Mind issue one, which is Hive Mind issue one is actually free on Drive I'm looking at now. Mothership: The Haunting of Ypsilon fourteen. Um, they've got stuff, right? So there's there's cool shit out there. By Tuesday night games, yeah, that you can get a hold of, take a look at, and there's some pretty cool stuff you can pull off. So even creating a ship, like it's, hey, life support. You start with life support. If you have life support, is how many human people are on the ship? So Brett, give me a number. Twelve. Twelve people on the ship. You're going to need at least. You're going to divide that by um, ten. That's how many life support modules you have to have on the ship. Wow. So, oh, interesting. So I can say, oh, ah, I need, I need two of those, huh? One's and, broken. And if you have ah, one, one's life, broken. And you have one life support unit, your hull value is one. Nice. Yeah. And so you just go to the next one. Okay. Select jump drives. Boop. Fill that in. And those are all pieces this. that are that yeah. are. Life support jump drives, those are all tropes within the horror space or a space in general theory, right? You're stuck on a ship. We've talked about this before, like the the stuck on a pirate ship thing or whatever. You need to puncture the hull. You need to, the life support is gone. One of my favorite old Firefly episodes was when their, their life support starts. They can't make oxygen. Everybody's starting it. you know, people leave, whatever. The whole episode is around the fact that they don't have this piece. One stupid piece of hardware like this size, you know, less than the size of a football, and everyone's, you know, it'll kill you because you don't have air. Don't have Atmo. What caused it? What broke it? You go to look at it. It's got green slime on it. It's been burned by acid. Some what the who the fuck it what now? And then it goes downhill from there. <laughs> it starts bad and only gets worse. You know. The asteroid passes through, punctures the hull, destroys something, and um, next thing you know, you've got Colorado space in space. Wow. Very cool. Is there anything else about this game that, um, I mean, so this is cool, everything you said. What about this when you first saw it, drew you to it? Was it, I mean, I gave you shit that you, it was an Origins Award winner, but 
is that what drew you to it, or what made you think, hey, I got to check this out? Because I've seen copies of it. Yeah. I'm looking here on uh, DriveThru, and you cannot get a print edition on DriveThru, so I don't know where you can get a print edition. You can get it at Exalted Funeral. Exalted Funeral. Okay. Yeah, I've got one on order. It's taken them a little longer. But I, I remember but... seeing them at CarryCon, hard copies. I went, huh. I always passed it by. For whatever reason. And somebody like Hobbs, oh, that's a good game. Like, uh-huh. So, so it's a hundred million other things. Sure. I'm trying to figure out what it is I'm going to buy. Yep. But what drew you to finally pull the trigger on the sucker? You know, I had heard about it um, and it was in passing. And I thought, you know, I'm going to check this out and see what it's, what the the hype is. And, you know, it's pay what you want. I think I threw them, you know, five, ten bucks, whatever. And when I started, like, just reading it or looking over the layout and how things are put together... I was just, comp- I mean, dude, we talked about innovation in RPGs, and we have a long ways to go, but this game is, is it, it, there's just, I, I mean, to put these guys in a room and go, oh, this is how we should do it, I got to give them a lot of props, man, because there's a lot of games that are out there that are just not easy to figure out. It's complicated, and I don't say we, you and I, we've been in the hobby for a while, so it's stuff where we, yeah, okay, it's a three hundred page rule book, no big deal. But that's we've not talk, we've talked always about this, easy. Man. Yeah, rule books have have to serve multiple masters here, right? They have to be a textbook, they have to be instruction manuals, they have to give you setting material. Da 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 da. A thing I think that they did, which is smart, and some people do not like this, and there's no fault against people who do not like it, is there's no setting included. By no setting included. I believe you're able to focus back on the critical what makes this thing do what it's supposed to do and stay to that. You don't have to say, oh, in order to then emulate the fact that this takes place on SETI Alpha 5, which is the mothership setting, you have to have blah, 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 blah. A little self-promotion here. When I did at the Avalon piece, like I didn't worry about, I'm going to use the 5e mechanic. I said, here's the setting and here's how you run the setting with that system. I didn't have to retread how you do advantage. I didn't have to retread any of that stuff. I could just focus on what makes Avalon Avalon. And then what they've done, from what you're telling me, is scrap that piece of it. Focus on what makes the experience the experience from a rules and system to really help drive the experience perspective. How do we do that? We do it this way. Cool. For seven to ten bucks, you can you'll and here's some adventures. Figure it out. Do you see this as a campaign type of game, or do you see it as um, more of a one shots only? And I say one shots, we can define that differently. But I'm talking like you know, you do you see this as saying, oh, if I ran this, this could last as long as Tomb of Annihilation, or do you see this as saying, eh, four well, or five sessions? I think Jeff. And somebody mentioned it in the chat uh, earlier where I think Jeff TPK'd his party the first night he ran Dead Planet. <laughs> so, so, but he even said during our session zero, Dead Planet could be run lots of different ways. It really depends on the warden. It could depend on what the warden puts the crew, the situation. You know, uh, that's a very OSR type of approach, too, is that when you're playing an OSR game... If you're playing AD and D, hell, even second edition D and D, BX, Dungeon Crow Classics, any of the OSR styled systems, you could fucking die. This is just the thing, and you could run your character up to a level, and then he croaks, make a new one. Right. So the last question I have for you is: there a 
from a campaign perspective, some people have said to me that they don't think a game has campaign potential because the characters don't grow, right? Where even in Call of Cthulhu, you can expand your skill sets by rolling dice and getting better at something. Is there an experience point character growth thing or is or not so much there is yeah you can get you can get experience points so it is a game where you can kind of quote unquote level up yeah cool so there is that you can run a campaign i would see dead planet as so i'm running dead planet once it's done it's done whether they succeed or fail um so there is no reason why you would not be able to have an ongoing campaign because there is some would say maybe some more higher lethality rates um, that it, but it's like, you know, BX, man, you, you create a magic user in BX. He's got four hit points. Man, you stub your, stub your toe and you're freaking done. So, but at the same time, you know, these guys, like even the ship I have to create, like, well, what kind of ship should we get? You know, what size? And I said, well, it probably makes sense to get a ship that carries like 20 guys because when they die, I can just go into the ship and like, hey. Grab another one. <laughs> pri- you know, Private Bretsky, you know, oh, comes yeah. forward on the next mission. You know, uh, whatever. Staff, Staff Sergeant Kelly, get out here. <laughs> exactly. You need you, know. you need the bodies. Yeah. If no, you got, I'm with you. If you got a party of five and they're the only ones on the ship and one of them dies, you know, Bring yeah, in another this is, replacement this isn't like, to be tougher. This isn't like old school D&D where you're like, I'll go back to town and get some hirelings. You're bringing all your hirelings with you, kids. <laughs> Pack that shit. You, <laughs> can hire, shit. you can hire mercenaries in this game. Well, that's what I'm saying, though, is, is pack them into the uh, into the, into the ship, um, kids, you know, if you can. I well, like it. And that's this another cool. thing, too, is like in the, in the spirit of hirelings and all that, mercenaries, you can actually do that in Mothership as well. And there's a small, like, little NPC sheet and they have certain attitudes uh, that you roll on a table, uh, depending on what you get. So um, some are cheaper than others. Like name, they got nine, name, job, hint, hits, combat, instinct, loyalty, and notes. And so you could, the crew, these guys could hire extras. Nice. So cool, man. Yeah. Well, it's good. I think we're getting a little bit longer, but not too bad. I think this is this is good. You got my interest definitely. I'll be interested to see. Uh, how the next session goes and uh, what the final action after action report is. Yeah. All right. Let's get into die roll. Holy let's shit, move man. It on, man. Jeez, let's really? go. All right. This is, this is good stuff. This is good yeah, stuff. Brett, he's going to run this. You watch. No question. All right. Die roll 2d4 miscellaneous points of gaming and geekery you want to bring to you. A few this week. I'll go through them really quick. Excuse me. Renault, Renault Bartin. Because uh, English is not his first language. Exalted Exalted Veils Kickstarter coming. Um, Exalted Veils is a land of mystery bathed by a mystic energy. The other most strange phenomena occur there, and the most impressive of them are called by the inhabitants, the manifestations. So if you want to check that out, I... You don't have a link in here to Mothership, you dummy. I don't have a link to Mothership. Get a link in there. That'll be in there. All right. Uh, next one, Degenesis. Brett, you'll want to check this one out too. Yeah? Yeah, it's... All PDFs are free to download. Watch the trailer on YouTube. It's... it's So it's uh, thanks to Erwan Arodo uh, at Six More Vodka Studio for letting us know. So he emailed us and said, hey, 
our tabletop RPG. We're giving it away for free via PDF. Um, you know, free to play Primal Punk RPG. And it is an interesting game to say the least. The year twenty seventy three brings destruction for humanity. Ooh, yeah. All the art. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. The art is phenomenal, and it is very scary. Oh, oh my god, dude. Yeah. You were spitting diamonds here, man. Yeah, this is awesome. man. These guys must have been at work for a long time on that RPG. Um, obviously, straight out of Europe. So. Next one, Miguel Zavala made 2,000 minis that you can print at home, D&D minis specifically. So more info at Polygon. Um, My buddy Nick just got a 3D printer because he's stuck at home. He's like, that's it. I'm buying a 3D printer. I'm like, Nick, really? Because I found one for a good price. He's making Rancors and shit now. Yeah. The next one, D&D 5E Arata Sage Advice Compendium is out. Thanks to Joe Swick for pointing this out. Um, so if you want to get up to speed on that, that is out on Wizards of the Coast website. Last but not least, at DMD, DM David Blog started a thread on Twitter about the quirks of D&D. Check it out. Thanks to Joe Swick on this one as well. So the quirks that he has in Twitter is the... Um, the weird things like the daylight spell does make daylight. Yes. By relaying an object from PC to PC in consecutive turns, a group can make the object outrace a jet in six second round. <laughs> so this reminds me, I have, I think I still have Murphy's rules of gaming, which was a uh, pyramid magazine thing that Steve Jackson put out. It had uh, wonderful little things where in, uh, I can't remember which game it was considered. Uh, I think it was RuneQuest. Children are considered nuisance animals. Um, they, they had, uh, yeah, it was, it's just wonderful, fun, crazy shit like that. Oh, cool. Very yeah. Cool. So it's cool. Uh, if you want to put something in there, I, th- I was reading them and it was kind of hilarious. So, but that's it. Uh, that's all I had for this week, Brett. It's good stuff, man. I don't know what we're going to talk about next week. This was, this was pretty damn cool, dude. Thank you very much for sharing what you know. Yeah. We'll figure it out. We'll get some time. Yeah, we do. All right. Well, hey, thanks for everybody that's tuned in via Discord and Twitch. Thank you so much. Be sure to follow us. Um, We'll take this recording, put it up on YouTube as well. Otherwise, I'm one of your hosts, Sean. And I'm Brett. Good night and good game and all. This episode of Gaming and BS brought to you with the help from the following BSers. Graham Miner, Corey Wynn, Larry Hout, Mark DeSaka, Pure Mongo, Chris Dio, Ray Otis, Ron Bishop, Thomas Hook, Wayne Humphrey, Craig, Brandon Barnes, Laramie Wall, Dan LaValley, Jason Hobbs, Sky, Old School DM, Perry Besor, Jim Fitzpatrick, John Kayward, Corey Gonzalez, Eileen Barnes, Robert Nemeth, Niall Diamond, Howard Bishop, Eric Salzweedle, The Closet Gamer, Jeff Goad, and Appendix N Podcast, Aaron Coleman, C.W. Mellencamp, Craig Huber, Old Scouser Roleplaying, Jared Rasher, Andy Hall, David F. Balog, Harrigan, Militia Bashinsky, Brian Rumble, Henry Newcomb, Eric Telvola, Roger Brasslett, Mark Soam, Andy Olson, Eric Avia, Ron Blessing, Jeff Seifert, Ghosty GM, Mike Hess, Angus, Tony Sugarloaf Baker, Rory Weston, Curtis Hinson, Jim Ingram, Daniel Garrett, Eric Frankhouse Presents, Hus Carl, Chad Gleeman, Finolf, Josh Wallace, Mirko Froelich, Aaron Relia, Tur- Curtis Takahashi, Michael Dinos, Rich Wishan, and Joe Swick. Hey, if you're a fan of the show, 
Do us a favor and let somebody know in your gaming group about us. Have them give us a listen. Maybe even subscribe. Head over to gamingabs.com forward slash subscribe. Thanks, BSers! This has been a Litterbox Studio production. production.